With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of ESSR Central here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm your host this week. I am Kwaku Ajay, the exec producer, the EP, the wherever you want to throw at me this week. Now, in the week of transfer deadline day, we here have also been busy here at Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Alan McLucas, the self-proclaimed most hated man in podcasting, he took upon himself to go up to Scottish Wrestling Network headquarters and ask for a transfer to that podcast. Unfortunately for him, he actually found out that SWN and ESSR are now working together, so he came right back and that was a foil plan. At least he still did an interview hanging out of his car window. And in other business, Ross McLeod, who is our normal host of Central, has gone on a weeks-long loan to Sam Roberts' podcast, so good luck to Ross. I thought I would host this week. Now, joining me this week on ESSR Central is a man who I like to think of as the Jim White of ESSR. Not because of all the stats and facts he's got, because I'm sure he's got a yellow tie hidden in that football of his. It's David <laughs> Hockney. How you doing? I- uh, I can assure you there is no yellow tie in my football, but I do know all the stats and figures. And it's, you know, it's good to be uh, still part of this podcast because I wouldn't want to be transferred anywhere else. And it just goes to show how valuable I am, knowing that you just want to keep me here. That's, I, I like that, but we do have a buyer clause on you of one pound. Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, I'm, as I'm not that cheap. <laughs> yeah, you're right. One pound, one pence. Anyway, folks, so <laughs> as you know, Head over and wherever you listen to this, make sure you go subscribe. That's iTunes, Spotify, all good Android podcasts and sites. Head over to eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. Subscribe to us at YouTube at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole lot. Join our Facebook community page. The group is banging. You get all the chats, everything going on about wrestling. And I need to get this phrase in. It will change your life. Anyway, shall we talk about the week's gone of wrestling, David? Yeah, let's do it. And you know what? In between, you know, last week's central, which came out a little bit later, and now there is a lot to talk about. So I'll uh, I'll let you kick off. Okay. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna take a format this time. I'm gonna go through the days of the week of when these main shows come out. So shall we go to Monday night first of all? We might as well. Because Monday's the first day of the week, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the worst day of the week too. Oh, well, fair enough. Well, let's talk raw, raw talk. Here we go. So, first thing we're gonna, if we're gonna take about talk about raw and its sense, let's be honest, it's been a bit struggling. As <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. So you actually said something to me earlier on, and it's kind of hard to. Well, it's kind of easy to see why, but when you think of raw as an institution. And it's the fact that they're really struggling with the ratings and numbers. Like, like talk to me about that, David. What was what what was it that you're finding? Oh, you know what? It's um, 
it, it's been like this for a while now and it's week in and week out it's repetitive booking and things changing on the fly at the last minute like take this week for example there was meant to be three matches take place that were advertised ahead of time you know we had lashley versus sheamus morrison versus miz and at least something between eva marie and piper nevin we didn't get any of those like because apparently vince mcmahon went off his nut backstage again and the script had to be re rewritten by about 6 p.m which was about an hour before the show went out so it was it was sheer carnage backstage and it's that carnage which is damaging the product and in essence it's damaging the fans patience for it i did get that sense because the opening segment as cool i, I did find it cool i did find it quite cool but it was kind of all over the place i didn't really understand why like Lashley and MVP would come out to challenge Damien Priest for the US title and then RK Bro will come out and challenge uh, Lashley and MVP. I just didn't get that. And the saving grace and all that was Rhea Ripley, who I just thought just came out in the most badass way of like these titans all around her. Mm -hmm. And she just came out and interrupted them for her match and just did her strut like nothing was happening. And I just thought that was so badass. So I had to get that in. I had to give Rhea Ripley a shout out on that one. Yeah, I think Rhea Ripley, you know, I think her booking on Raw has been a little bit mixed as of late. You know, mm -hmm. she's had a, a few good moments as Raw Women's Champion, but it just hasn't picked up the momentum as we you know we've seen her do in NXT. And she faced Shayna Baszler too, which... Funnily enough, that was a match that a lot of us NXT fans were very keen to see uh, about two years ago, you know, when Shayna was on this monster heel run as NXT Women's Champion. But just to sort of see Shayna being relegated to the tag division with Nia Jax, it just doesn't... It feels like she's lost a lot of, like, a lot of spark about her, and Rhea Ripley's always consistently got her number this time. Mm -hmm. Well, keeping it on track with talking about the women of Raw, I mean... I think a big talking point has to be the Charlotte Nia Jax match uh -huh. and the way it was built up and were they actually like the way they were going at it it seemed like a like a shoot fight like was yeah. I watching Brawl for All or something? Mm. Yeah th this has been a, a story that's been circulating through multiple uh, multiple media outlets including like a few other podcasts and stuff and it turns out well, some, a lot of them are reporting that it got turned into a shoot match because of a, I don't know if it was a botched spot or not, like, because there was a, I think it was like a back suplex or a, a spine buster that went horribly wrong. And Charlotte was evidently pissed about that. And then they, they sort of got into like a, a sort of slap off with each other. Mm -hmm. And then there was that little sort of moment where you didn't really know what was going on. It's like they're trying to make something up on the fly. And then there was a bit of sandbagging, you know, not allowing moves to be pulled off and just some overall general confusion about what was going on. It was a very, very weird, uh, sort of weird match that took place. But it's, um, I honestly don't know what to make of it, but I will say this though. I mean, it's not a, an uncommon thing to say that Nia Jax isn't exactly the safest of workers. You know, she's been shown to possibly either hurt or injure people during matches she's not incredibly safe when it comes to moves and i think this was just another case in point you know it's something didn't go to plan and then charlotte just took exception to it mm. it's that whole thing of receipts that you have in wrestling and that's the term it, yeah. it really really had that touch on was what's this shirt was this kayfabe was like what's happening here so 
I mean, the thing is, though, as long as everyone's kept safe, it does make for interesting thoughts and storylines and mm-hmm. what what the fans would want to see. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. I'm certainly watching that one to see it, how it transpires. It's a bit unusual as well because just last week, you know, it looked like they were teasing an angle between Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. But for mm-hmm. some, but for one reason or another, probably because they kept tearing up the script right before the show went on air. Uh, Alexa was apparently written off the show just just for a change in a change in the script essentially. But so it, it, this whole direction of the Raw Women's Title is just making zero sense at the minute. Mm-hmm. Well, so keeping it on topic of the women's, so we later find out that Asuka is also nursing an injury of her own and managed to get her teeth replaced. That was knocked out in our match with Shayna Baszler. So mm-hmm. um, has it been confirmed how long she's going to be out for or anything? Do you, have you seen any reports on that? I haven't got, had any timelines as of yet, but she has been off TV since uh, since Money in the Bank, I believe. Or she Come on, David, the... you're Jim White. You're meant to have these numbers. <laughs> I need them now. No, I know she's not competed since Money in the Bank, so she's been off TV for about six weeks now. And if she's dealing with an arm injury, that could take anything up to about maybe two, three months. So I don't expect to see her back until maybe uh, Extreme Rules at the earliest, at the latest, probably Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. No, I, absolutely on that one. So let's see what happens. We wish her a speedy recovery. We wish to see Asuka back on Monday nights because with Charlotte now as champion, it's certainly thrown up a lot up there in terms of new storylines. Well, it seems that we've got one, a long-term one in the making right now. So let's see what just happens. And I hope that the KASH gets into something after losing the belt. At SummerSlam, so let's see what happens on that front. And um, we are also finally to touch on with Raw, we do have the ongoing saga with Goldberg, and he cut that promo. I mean, what is it with everybody around this time doing interviews, either in their car or getting into their car? It started <laughs> off with ha- Harry Redknapp was the OG of hanging out of his Range Rover doing an interview. Now we got Goldberg. Alan McLucas <laughs> so <laughs> the list just goes on of people just doing that so Goldberg as somebody who usually only comes out for a title uh, opportunity let's be honest let's be real or if it's The Undertaker it was a refreshing take I mean obviously the storyline is not refreshing because it's guy beats up sons he avenges the sons whatever but now it's more like I'm coming for something much more than the belt and the fact that he's coming to Avengers Son. Mm-hmm. And see, on that, did, did you see the reports about the fact that I don't know how true this is that Goldberg was choking his son to stop him smiling? No, I saw that actually, yeah, because um it was I think it was the moment where Lashley gave Gage the 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 heart lock after the match ended, and he was sort of laying on the floor and he's sort of unconscious. Goldberg's trying to drag himself over. And I think it was one of those moments that, you know, you just feel a little bit starstruck knowing that you're in the ring and you've just took a move like that. You can't help but, you know, have a reaction to it. Like and Goldberg is like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, like when cool, Dean Ambrose cool. got the stake put on him by Jacob exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's exactly what it is. And also, I think there was a... I think in the original Mixed Match Challenge, uh, there was a Sammy interaction between Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch where they lost on her birthday and Sami Zayn blamed the the cake for, for letting them lose. And then you just see Becky in the corner just like on the verge of cracking up and <laughs> she's just trying to turn it into fake crying and stuff. So it's, it's things like that. You know, you have to 
So I play it on the fly, but it, it it's only natural for, you know, superstars to have responses like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll see you on that. Shall we move away from Monday night and move on to Tuesday? Let's do it. Let's do it. So all things NXT with yes. their shiny new colorful logo that looks like it was designed by Dude Love's graphic designer. <laughs> uh, it seems we're moving into a new era in NXT. I'm going to touch uh... on, actually, first of all, we did ask, uh, well, the GOAT. GOAT is now asking our question on the community page that's always going to feed into the central shows. And this is where he came in on the Tuesday. So he wanted, to, he asked everyone on the community page, and you should join if you want to join in the chat. He asked, who do you think was the NXT MVP of the pandemic era? So I'm going to read out what people have said and see if you agree or not, Dave. So Stevie Wilson, whose point is irrelevant, posted a gif of Io Shirai. Mm -hmm. uh, some guy posted Adam Cole, and I'm guessing you're happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I, I remember we had discussed this with Ross last week as well, and it's good we're sort of coming back to it because yeah. I think it, it needs a bit more, bit more of a talking point. I was originally going to say Io Shirai, but I didn't want to be like a, a copycat. But I actually agree with Stephen's choice that Io Shirai has been the MVP, given that you know she won the title during the pandemic. She carried it for 300 days all the way throughout. She had some excellent matches with likes of Candice LeRae with. Um, like even the match with Raquel, you know, where she ended up losing, still mm -hmm. arguably uh, one of the the best matches of Takeover that time around. And but yeah, I think the key highlight for her was the tables, ladders, and chairs match she had with Candice because I think they had a series on the Halloween Havoc night. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, it's when you've got somebody like Io, you know, in a match like that, the possibilities of carnage and, and entertainment are just endless. Yeah, absolutely. And Grant McCrobby, he posted a picture of our gif of Kyle O'Reilly. So Jack Graham went on with Johnny Gargano on the way. Mm -hmm. Scott McLeod has gone with something that I really found annoying. Oh, I know like, what you mean. Really, 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 really annoying. Still is annoying. Um, to the point where I don't even want to say his name, but he's the million dollar <laughs> champion, so I'll leave you with yep. that one. To the moon. No, listen, I, I I agree with you completely. See, about a year ago, I was not a fan of Cameron Grimes because he was the most annoying heel character they had, you know, with his, his stupid waistcoat and his stupid hat and everything like that. But he's he's his face turn has actually made him very, very likable, almost in a sympathetic kind of way. You know, he's he's almost realized, you know, he, he is an annoying person, but he, he has a a commitment to honoring a, a legacy such as the million dollar legacy. And it fits in with his new character, you know, about how he's, uh, you know, he's struck gold with Bitcoin or he's won the lottery or something. So all this money and stuff, it makes him it makes him a lot more likable, not instead of just like another cocky heel with money and stuff. It, it, I'm, I'm liking the direction that Cameron Grimes goes in and he's over with the crowd as well and that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Well, Anthony Fitzpatrick also agreed and he posted to the moon on the post. So folks, if you want to get involved in the chat and all the news and everything, make sure you join the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community page on Facebook. Yes, and with that, I'm going to move on as well with NXT. Ilya Dragunov, I have to mention that because what a match. Mm -hmm. Oh, listen, that I think that's only the 
According to Uncle Dave Meltzer, it's only the first, the fourth uh, match in WWE history that's achieved over five stars. They got five and a quarter, which was more than their original clash on NXT UK. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, fair. I mean, fair enough. It did deserve high praise, but you know my feelings on that man. <laughs> so, <laughs> and hey, that, we, we've seen we've seen Ilya Dragunov compete, and my God, the guy just screams intense. Oh, it's intense. Oh, it's always intense. So, I mean, when he's fighting, I mean, we saw him live fighting Joe Coffey. I mean, even just the walk to the ring and the stare down for the introductions was very intense. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and face of Walter. And just the man's chest was absolutely brutalized. So, mm. what a match! What a match that one was! And obviously, seeing a new United Kingdom champion. So, yeah, eight hundred and seventy days. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. I'll be interested to see how long he stays in America and travels back to UK, especially with all of this going on. It'll be and another eye to see on the UK Championship and it'll be interesting to see where Walter goes on from this with Imperium as well. Obviously Alexander Wolf is no longer in the company so uh, it's it's very interesting times to see where he ends up on. Uh, did you have any other talking point for yourself on NXT? Um, I think uh, I think NXT was fairly, fairly consistent this week although I think the booking is still a bit up in the air because you know, Tommaso Ciampa getting a win over Ridge Holland. I mean, I found that quite a bit, of, quite a bit shocking, given that you know he basically bulldozed his way through Timothy Thatcher and a few others in the past couple of weeks. So I'm not really sure what the direction is with Pete Dunne's little stable. But um, there's been a lot. I think uh, fans are starting to sour on Kyle O'Reilly a bit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a lot of dirt sheets are referring to him as Vanilla Kyle because he's just like a, a prototype babyface with not much personality behind him. And I worry that's going to really hamper him in NXT, given that he was one of the foremost talked about guys for the past few years. It's I think it's a shame, you know, he's really sort of been brought down. But one person who was notably absent from NXT, and I think will be for some time, is uh, Mr. Adam Cole, whose contract ended up expiring on Friday. So technically, he's now a free agent and he's no longer part of NXT and we had a bit of a debate last week about where he was going to end up but it's um, what are your thoughts on that see I, I said this to Ross I really hope he does stay with WWE because you know he was backstage at Smackdown a few weeks ago he had a really good chat with Vince McMahon apparently he was offering about a million dollar contract rather than the, the hundred thousand he was getting on NXT so it's a big upgrade in terms of pay but uh, Given, you know, what Vince McMahon's ideology of not just the the main roster, but NXT as well, given this new direction about wanting to bring in sports entertainers who fit a certain mold, he doesn't quite fit the bill because obviously he's a, he's a lot leaner, he's a lot lighter, but his personality and in-ring work are all he needs. And he's been painted in such a good light in the 2019 build-up to Survivor Series. Like, there is no reason why they can't build him just as well as a guy like Seth Rollins on the main roster, who is of similar height and build. Uh, and look at the, the amount of success he's achieved. Yeah. Like they just they just need to work it with them, you know, give him some free reign, give him some creative control. But it would not surprise me if he went to like AEW and you know he can reunite with his with his other half 
Dr. Baker. I think he's independent bound. Uh, personally, that's what I personally think on that. So, yeah, let's see. Mm. Let's see what happens. It'll be interesting. I'll, 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 yeah, certainly, most certainly the hottest free agent about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, him and probably, well, we're going to touch on this right now as we move on to AEW side of things. So we are on the go-home week of All Out. We've already had one big surprise coming in the form of CM Punk coming in. And the match with Darby Allen has been confirmed. So you looking forward to that, David, yourself? Yeah, I've been watching AEW a lot more frequently than I have done in the, the last sort of few Would you weeks. say a big part of that is the CM Punk effect? Definitely. Um, That and, well, CM Punk, you know, obviously being AEW's biggest gain today, I'd say, given that, you know, the guy's been away for seven years and everybody was buzzing to see him back. But another side of that is is the way WWE are changing things, because normally I mostly watch WWE content plus NXT, and I really do not like the way the, the, the direction's going, given, you know, the the stupid rainbow looking logo and stuff and moving into a new sort of direction about, you know, wanting to get sports entertainers in rather than signing independent wrestlers, which was the big selling point for NXT. You know, it was a, a it was a wrestling fans show. It wasn't something, you know, to take the take the kids to. We'll have a, a nice time. We might laugh at some, you know, dastardly heels and we we'll get some merch and we'll get some drinks and stuff. But it's it just felt like a fun day at a theme park when you go to Raw or SmackDown these days. When you go to NXT or AEW, you're going to a wrestling show and you mm-hmm. expect to see wrestlers, not not people who look like, you know, out of this world characters and trying to train them to be wrestlers because sometimes either they're just wasting their time if they don't, you know, fit the... if they don't match the style that mm-hmm. they're looking for. And people are going to want to see some wrestling. And if they're going to want wrestling they're going to go to AEW and I'm sort of on the fence here with this one mm-hmm. well see on that note with All Out the other big talking point is Brian Danielson is it going to happen well he was meant to appear at AEW Grand Slam in New York uh, mm-hmm. this past Saturday but apparently because of uh, COVID risks they decided not to go ahead with it but mm-hmm. he's pretty much uh, the, the, sheet, the dirt sheets are confirming that he is expected to appear at All Out, which is already looking like a stacked card to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a one stacked thing affair to watch. So I myself, I'm looking forward to watching All Out this week. So mm. we are in the go home season, uh, season week of <laughs> All Out. We are recording this before Dynamite comes on today. Uh, however, when this comes out, Dynamite would happen. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know if Bastion Booger, Gangrel. I mean, well, that was the other. Well, Gangrel aspect. was supposed to be, yeah. Exactly. So that that was a bit of a shame. I mean, he got uh, it was a good riddle on the fact that Edge had the entrance and the ring fire and stuff like that, and he was meant to get the same thing at AEW, but understandably it would seem like they're just copying if that had happened so it's a shame he didn't get his i mean he's already appeared on aew so who knows somewhere down the line we'll skip to see gangrel because let's be honest everyone loves the brood entrance mm-hmm. yeah i mean the way edge pulled it off you know it's like takes you back to the, the attitude era days and it worked brilliantly mm-hmm. but let me ask you a question Quacko. Okay. Oh. what match of all out which has been confirmed are you most looking forward to because I know you're a Chris Jericho fan, but I don't know. Is there anything else that sticks out? 
I mean, yeah, Chris Jericho always excites me. Like, no matter what he does, commentating, and um, well, I say no matter what he does, maybe not when he says he's not political, but still does political stuff. That's another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only bit that does excite me. But anything he does, like commentating and whatever have you, always excites me. I'm very interested to see how CM Punk. Darby Allen will come out because Darby Allen is just a consummate professional. Just absolutely, he, he knows. He, he I've seen him work with different people in the AEW. He's, you know, sometimes you get wrestlers that can only work with a certain type of wrestler under mm-hmm. their certain terms. Darby Allen's not that. You can really see him work with other. Um, spoiler alert: I can see a feud between him and Sting coming at some point, and that'll be interesting to watch. Yep. Be kind of like dad fighting off the sun, and that's another topic <laughs> for discussion when we yeah. come to SmackDown. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that because it'll be interesting to see, especially when you hear reports of the fact that CM Punk is not really trained in wrestling. And I mean, he's kept his fitness and done his kickboxing, as you've seen with pictures of Malachi Black and stuff, but. He's not really done ring training as much as he used to, or if not none. So it'll be interesting to see just mm. how, how much he's kept on. I think he should be okay, especially when he's got guys like Malachi Black training him and not having, you know, Vince McMahon and producers say you've got to make it look sports entertaining. No, you've got to make it look like a a fight. You know, whether it's you know, it look there's a bit of an MMA vibe to it, whether it's mm-hmm. wrestling. I think he's going to pull it off pretty well, but. One match that I'm looking forward to is the Steel Cage match mm-hmm. because the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers for the AEW tag titles. I remember one of the first matches I watched in AEW. Those two had a, I think it was a ladder match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the NWA tag titles, it wasn't uh, an AEW tag title. It was something different. Triple uh, A. So Triple A, that's the one. Lucha yeah. Libra uh, in Mexico. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, I watched that match and I thought, my God, I mean, if this is the kind of stuff they pull off in their tag division, just imagine what they could do with a cage. Mm-hmm. Oh, AEW's um, tag team division is it's just superior. I mean, they're going, they, 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 you would say they're going through a bit of a lull in the tag team division, but their tag team division still leaps and bounds above mm-hmm. other companies. And or you can argue with me all you want on that one. Yep. Because it's an opinion thing, but I, I just think they're leaps and bounds above uh, yep. so many places. It's most and competitive. I do have another fact for you. You know, this will actually be AEW's first ever match involving a cage that Wardlow hasn't competed in. <laughs> okay. Yep. Because he competed in the first one against Cody. Then he had a, an MMA fight with Jake Hager, and that was in a cage. And he also competed in the Blood and Guts match. Okay. There we go. Maybe Wardwell will just intervene himself so that he can you know, go, ha ha, Hockney, in your face. Uh, you know what? If he's, if he's, the, if he's the, the independent guest referee or something, then you know what? I'll eat my, my baseball cap. The streak is alive. The streak is alive. So, yeah, that's all out. That'll be on this Sunday. So, I'll be interested to see what happens. It's a very stacked card, and I'm personally looking forward to it. So, Let's see what happens. So with us done at AEW, let's move on to Friday Night Smackdown on the side of things. Now, I want to mention something. So this is the, I watched Smackdown just there. This is the first time I've seen a full episode of Smackdown in quite well. Normally I just keep in touch with highlights and stuff like that. As do I, yeah. 
Rick Boogs. Boogs. Right. right. Say that again. Boogs. See when the fans did that, I thought they were saying boobs. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because when they're shouting it, it sounds like boobs. <laughs> well, it's just difficult to say, you know, when you've got everybody, you know, trying to say the same thing. It does sound a bit, especially with the acoustics of the arena and stuff. It, yeah. Something does come out of the wrong way. So every time it was being said by commentary team, I was just hearing boobs, 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 boobs. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is, but not because I'm dirty minded. It's like, okay, maybe it's a mm. bit, but it's literally what I was hearing. I was hearing boobs, and every time the commentary team, I mean, well, speaking on the commentary team, so yeah, Pat McAfee is uh, self-isolated at the moment. Mm. What did you think of the dynamics of Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Kevin Owens on the commentary table? Um, Kevin Owens on commentary isn't a bad thing, you know. It's mm-hmm. um, because he, whenever he does, he was a like bit that, quieter than normal, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously, because obviously Michael Cole and Corey were the ones who have got the more more experience. But Kevin sort of acted as like you know when a, a superstar sort of guest commentates on like one match, for example, he, mm-hmm. he sort of had that about him. But it just puts into perspective how well Pat has done in the commentary role. Because when I first thought he first saw him on the booth I thought oh god because I always saw him as that really dickish heel in NXT but see when he just grew into the role and he started doing the getting on the table and singing along to Nakamura's theme it was it just you can't help but you know feel a little bit impressed with him Uh, it adds personality to the commentary booth Yeah. yeah it's infectious like it doesn't um it's not like Vince yelling in your ear or something, you know, do product placement, say it's boss time, say here comes the big dog. You know, he's sort of given Pat, you know, a bit of free reign just to sort of go along with Nakamura's theme. And I'm, I'm pleased for that because it actually makes it fun to watch. I mean, as someday, and I'm sure a lot of people said this, I find them so annoying on NXT. I used to host a, sh- a preview show just to give people another voice apart from Pat McAfee mm. and when he was doing his thing with the Britain Brawlers and Pete Dunne against Undisputed Era he was the best thing about it his promos were amazing and, and my favourite line I always liked this line was when Pete Dunne shut the car door on uh, Demo or Killian Dane mm-hmm. and Pat just looked and went Okay, a bit violent, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, just love that. I just love that. It's such yep. a good line. So, oh, please, yeah. please, 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 can we talk about Happy Corbin? Well, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Happy. So he's gone from no money or just homeless Corbin or whatever. Like, shall we call him JK? Because we're from Scotland. <laughs> JK Corbin. JK Corbin. JK. So he hit it back in Las Vegas. He on his Instagram posted that he got a brand new car, mm-hmm. and now he's got he's got stacks of money. The man's rich now. So mm-hmm. is this going to be a new push for Corbin? What do you think? You know what? This Corbin story is probably one of the best told stories that I've seen thus far in what's a very trying time with WWE and its audience at the minute, because it told a story so well to the point you know Corbin literally has nothing left except the clothes on his back 
and then all it took was one lucky trip in Vegas and he's completely turned it around. And it it wasn't just, you know, he goes from rags to riches in one go. It was um, a bit of a roller coaster because he was in the presidential suite having ribeye steak and then he lost it again. He was staying in a motel and then he goes back out there. He wins it all again. And then he, you see him coming out with his, his suit, his fancy car, his fedora as well. Let's not forget that. And mm-hmm. now he's walking out to you know, new entrance music. He's now called Happy Corbin because he has all this money. It's, I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm not entirely, sh- what I will say is I am going to miss his epic uh, I Bring the Darkness theme because that was one of the best things about his character. Well, I was off the, I was more Lone Wolf fan of the music and um, bring it to, that was a good tune. He's had two good tunes, so mm-hmm. but let's see what happens because with the whole WWE moving away from CFO, there, yeah, the music hasn't been as great. It hasn't been as iconic, shall we say? It's all, uh, it's all, it's all really generic themes now, isn't it? Yeah, very. It's very Casio keyboard esque, but I love, sorry like to if, the producers. It's like way. it's like you know um, WWE 2K games. Um, mm-hmm. You click on a superstar's entrance, is like making their way to the ring. The superstar. <laughs> That's the music that they're getting mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. Well, they will clearly use music clip 05 for Baron Corbin next. So yeah, that was happy uh, Corp. I always said happy Gilmore there. See when WWE failed the trademark for Happy Corbin. I, I genuinely thought they were gonna go down a happy Gilmore route with him. <laughs> he just uh, <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. Takes his money from golf when he's uh, a wrestler and he just swears every time he misses out on a title. Well that could be the next skits. Happy Corbin hits a ball and then catches Reginald as he's doing a backflip right in the head. Artruth <laughs> swarms in, takes the gold because let's we, we did you see the skit that happened with Akira Tozawa and oh, no. tried to dress up as their animals. I don't think anybody's catching Reginald. That man can he oh. can he can move. Reginald is is great. Like mm-hmm. ever ever since he started breaking out all his flippy flippy stuff like he's been the bet i think he's he's been one of the most entertaining 24 7 champions we've seen and I, I don't know if this is true or not but i have seen other reports that i think reggie's going to be kept on tv because he's a highlight reel for uh for kids in particular they just look at me think wow that guy's amazing obviously he's not a, a wrestler and stuff but do you remember when he he first started out as carmela's somalia Mm-hmm. And now he's basically a bigger star than she is right now. Mm. I reckon he's going to be the longest reigning twenty four seven champion. Yeah, I can believe that. A few days, <laughs> which is only right to be honest for the twenty four seven championship. So yeah, and um, also on SmackDown, just to highlight, we obviously had Paul Heyman and the fact that Brock Lesnar returned. It was a very clever trickery from the Usos, keeping him locked out as if he had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And to hear Roman say the line of, your family, I love you, <laughs> to Paul Heyman. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. Because it does, for me, it does start up because it goes back to Brock fighting CM Punk. Paul mm-hmm. was obviously the leaders of Brock then. Brock has always been Paul Heyman's. I mean, there's Paul Heyman's guy, there's this Paul Heyman's beast guy, like his ultimate 
yeah. guy, if you like. So it'll be interesting to see. And then we find out that Brock may only be back for WrestleMania. So we've got this void here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Balor's back in the scene. It's, His contract, Lesnar's contract is apparently for a year and a half with mm-hmm. eight matches. Oh, okay. So I, I think that's the what the reports were saying. So on average, he's getting a match every for god's sake i should every two three to four months okay (laughs) well then there we go Mm -hmm. but there 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 have been a swirl of memes that have come out from from that it was like reigns versus lesnar uh paul Heyman on a pole match custody (laughs) of paul Heyman ladder match (laughs) i mean you know about you know about poles don't you Oh, let's move on. So, <laughs> uh, so that covers the week's TV news. We're just going to move on to other news that is just kind of taking our fancy and other discussion points. So there have been new um, uh, performance center recruits over at WWE, including Joseph Fatter, who is the Usos' younger brother or Rikishi's younger son as well as Ben Buchanan, who's Bill Buchanan's son. So another yep. family affair, more coming in from the Anoahi dynasty or whatever you want to call them, the the, the big family, um, more recruits coming in. And it's quite a strong bloodline, this one, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like, I think the sooner he gets to join the bloodline, the better, because have you seen that epic shirt they've just released as well? It looks like a parody of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a sick-looking shirt, you know, especially, you know, with Roman in the Universal title and the, the, the twins, Usos, with the tag titles. I'm not sure what role uh, Joseph Fatu is going to play, but there, I think there is potential that, you know, maybe he could be a part of it as, like a, as an understudy or a mm-hmm. new recruit. You know, just sort of take them under their wing, you know, mm-hmm. give them the the experience of the the family. But um, yeah, I think he's probably the most talked about one out of all of them. But one that really stood out for me was Bobby Stevenson, who is Gabe Gable Stevenson's brother, the okay. one who made it the Olympic gold medalist who appeared at SummerSlam, and there was talks of possibly Gable signing with WWE. But now it, it seems to be his brother Bobby that's been signed up instead, mm-hmm. which is a bit bit unusual. So I don't know what their their thinking is there. But he has um he has wrestled at the University of Minnesota. Uh, uh same with uh Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin. So there mm-hmm. is a, a there is a bit of a Minnesota link to some of these these talents. Mm-hmm. Well, Hockney, it brings me on to this next question. If you were the creator of Tough Enough, we're gonna call it Hoffney Enough, right? For God's sake. Okay. Or Hoff Enough. <laughs> Aye, that sounds better. Right, Hoff Enough, right? Well, that sounds you... something that Hasselhoff would run. <laughs> you had to pull in one celebrity to be your marquee star in the future. Who are you going for? A, c- a celebrity? A celebrity. Does that have to be like an Olympic athlete or just... Just someone reasonably well-known to well-well-known. Someday that we would go, hmm. Uh, you know what? I think with the right training and mm. simply because he has a big passion for the business and we have seen him compete in a match this year already, I wouldn't mind seeing Bad Bunny have a shot. Yeah, definitely. Well, obviously, you know, he's a big... He's a, a massive, uh, massively successful recording artist. I think he was one of the top five 
most streamed artists of I think it was last year. Of the oh, year he's before. big. It's clever yeah. business from WWE on um, that front. A, nah, he's got a massive following uh, with a Spanish audience in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has noted. I think Damian Priest actually noted an interview. You know, he's a he's a he's still a massive fan of the business, and you know, if he's not you know doing like music tours and stuff, if he had another go in the ring, I reckon with a little bit of uh, a little bit of fine tuning, he could be some someone to watch, kind of like Stephen Amell is in AEW. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, for me, it's it's got to be my third KSI. Um, yes, JJ. Jake, like he works hard. He he will put in the work for it, and he is entertaining. He's a he's also a good hater, and you do need to be a hater to be to have that kind of personality. A good hater always works, and JJ is a good hater. So he is a good hater. Yeah, yeah, that's my good. He's a good player hater. So mm. that is my pick. On I I think he's more leaning towards boxing though. So if he has to make the transition between boxing to... I mean, it might not be the worst thing because we've seen Floyd Mayweather do a match against Big Show at WrestleMania, so he's, he, he could be a draw. Could be a draw. Could. Well, he will be because the, the following that these YouTubers... Like, a lot... Yeah, I mean, someone that are used to boxing stuff, I do think that there's a lot of disrespect put towards the, the YouTube boxers to put into mm. inverted commas because... These people are doing pay-per-view. See the people that are hating on the professional boxers that are hating on them, right? You always find that they draw less than pay-per-view, and boxing's a big, num- a big thing on pay-per-view numbers. That because that's what gets you your payday is just how much pay-per-view buys you get. Mm-hmm. Like the like, likes so of Floyd Mayweather, or Tyson Fury. Anthony Joshua and stuff like that, who incidentally don't really say much about the YouTube boxers for mm-hmm. a reason because they they get their numbers they don't care they do their thing they respect people i mean i'm sure they secretly hate on them but they don't like try in public yeah yeah and it's like using their name to kind of boost up their name themselves but when you see other people that are don't get as much pay-per-view but i mean and i still have respect for them but it's just like come on bruh <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's not worth it yeah exactly exactly so yeah i'll be interested to see if JJ, make it happen. I know he was excited when Logan Paul uh, was doing his thing at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He, he was saying, he was saying things like, "Oh, I wish I had that opportunity because it's a great opportunity to to be at WrestleMania and stuff." So. Uh-huh. He was in the crowd at uh, SummerSlam as well, but I think the reason they went with Logan is because he's more popular with an Amer- he's more familiar with an American audience. Yeah, whereas oh, definitely. JJ is more recognizable with uh, a UK audience, and he's yeah. um he's released his all over the place album lately as well, and it's hitting the hitting good places in the charts so nice. he's um he's uh yeah he's much more recognizable now and by association the side men will be just as recognizable too mm-hmm. well on other notes and it's going back to covid unfortunately mm-hmm. so with a uh, aew a uh, dynamite grand slam and stuff that um uh, come in september I think it's because of a, a law in the states that, because obviously the United States is very federalized, and that different states have different rules mm-hmm. that they That's have. That's right. Yeah. So they're going to be bringing in vaccine, uh, like proof of vaccine. So kind of like what we have here with vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. Um, with the latest announcements in Scotland, uh, because we have rising cases at the moment, not to scare people, we are going to probably see more of these 
uh, rules being put in about vaccination and making sure that everyone's i mean i'm double vaxxed you're double vaxxed as I'm well i'm double vaxxed yep we're double vaxxed Ching, yep. we had to get that in Hi. so <laughs> and i know with shows opening back up in scotland that we already have in shows do you think this is going to be more of the norm across the wrestling world now i think so i mean it's it's just the way you know everybody's you know handling you know any new any new disease and stuff like look look back at you know when you know measles and rubella and polio were an issue like people needed vaccinated to avoid avoid it spreading mm -hmm. but in this day and age you know technology is all around us social media is all around us and by by association we get conspiracy theories on the other side and how's your just, 5g now oh it's um it's not too bad you know it's like it drops uh in certain locations but overall yeah. i get good coverage uh, even my niece's toy phone picks up 5g now because we're all vaccinated can you believe that <laughs> i know it's mad isn't it <laughs> but yeah in, in all seriousness i think uh there's just one too many people who were drinking the Kool-Aid and <laughs> uh, yeah, they let... Uh, I've not heard that term in a while, thank you for bringing that. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the conspiracy theories are now a part of their lives and they're just getting false and disinformation here and there. So a big chunk of the American populace is very hesitant to get vaccinated and it's, it's just a shame to see, you know, that these restrictions have to be brought in just for everybody's safety because hello vaccines are not a bad thing they're meant to save people they don't have microchips in them they're not gonna cause you to become magnetic they're not gonna make you grow like extra limbs or something they're they protect you from viruses that's the thing and you know, you said it. You said it in Scotland. You know, for big events there, we're getting vaccine passports, and it was only a matter of time, I reckon, before they started doing it with indoor events for wrestling shows. And I'm pretty sure AEW, yeah, AEW put a posting: you must show proof of vaccination. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's turned away for not being vaccinated, they are entitled to a refund. So I suppose it's uh, a silver lining for yeah. those that can't get it. There we go, there we go. Yeah, so wherever you get an opportunity, make sure you get yourself vaxxed up. That's a public service announcement brought to you by Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet there. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's no drop-in centers. You can literally just drop in and get vaccinated. Yep. Get your super strong 5G signal. Um, and you'll never have a black spot wherever you're traveling your mobile phone and stuff. It's a win-win situation, obviously and just jokes. So <laughs> and the best thing of all, it's free exactly free there you go now folks uh on that david i'm gonna move on to one more topic before i get to quacker's hot question which Ooh. you don't know anything about oh is this a is this a rivalry to the goats question now no 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 you'll show it to see so you also posted up on the fact that wwe have filed a trademark on queen's crown tournament mm-hmm are we finally going to see Queen of the Ring? I think so. I mean, the reports are there saying that the uh, Queen of the Ring style tournament, which is now being called like the Queen's Crown tournament, mm -hmm. uh, with the finals set to take place in, of all the places you could have it, <laughs> Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, where women don't have as many rights as the men do. Do you know the other flaw I have on this? What's that? 
right? This year and last year with all the releases, they've lost big names in the women's division. Mm. Like Ruby Soho, just off mm. the top of my head, formerly known as Ruby Riot. Iconics. Oh gosh. Mickey. Mickey James. Yeah. The list is endless. They've just lost so many good, 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 good talent. Um, It's, I mean, it's always welcomed. I remember we did the Queen of, we fantasy picked our own Queen of the Ring Mm -hmm. show on Eat Sleep Picks retweet a few years ago. And it was good fun because all the names we were talking about, names from all across the world, uh, some are not wrestling for WWE anymore or doing their own thing, whatever have you. But mm-hmm. it was a really exciting, it was one of the most fun shows mm-hmm. I was part of, arguing, pretending I was going to beat everyone up if they didn't pick my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just love I was it. there. I remember that. <laughs> hey, you pick a China. That was another thing. <laughs> so For God's sake, that- I remember that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Um, see, you remember the the WWE World Cup? Yes. Who crowned the best in the world. That was only well, eight, that it, was only eight was- people. And they was, were all American. You say it was the World Cup. It was the North American Invitational. Yeah. In the yeah, Middle East. <laughs> the US Open in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, I could see it possibly being eight competitors again this time around. Mm-hmm. You know, have spread out over a couple of weeks or so. Four women from each side of the bracket, each each sort of show. You know, you could have maybe, uh, maybe Nia or Shayna. You could have Charlotte. You could have Piper Niven. Maybe, maybe Alexa Bliss, but it, it's always the, the, their women's rosters are a little bit limited, shall we say? Mm-hmm. SmackDown's women's division is a lot more stacked, mm-hmm. but it would not surprise me if Charlotte Flair made it to the final and ended up losing, just to give somebody else the rub. There we go. There we go. So, see on that note, we're going to move on to my question. And yes. Quite this a is- take. This is the best and the worst of the week. David, what would you say has been the best moment, match, whatever you want to do? Mm. Best and the worst of the week. So best of the week, I'm actually going to give it to the triple threat United States title match between Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Largely because, you know, we were supposed to see Lashley versus Sheamus, but it got changed and we ended up getting this triple threat match. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember watching it. And I thought this is a this is like pay-per-view worthy, this kind of match. Because not only have you got Damian Priest defending against two former WWE champions, like this is his first sort of major defense of the mm-hmm. US title. You know, it's not just a, a daft open challenge he was meant to have, you know, against, you know, a, a random mid-carder. This was two main event level talent. And it could have gone either way, you know. I'd have loved to see Drew win the US title for the first time. But um, you know, the the whole turnaround, you know, Sheamus had Priest almost ready to be put away. Drew Claymore's about the ring and then Priest hits the lights on Drew uh, or Reckonings Drew. The name of that finisher still. Reckoning, yeah. Because it was changed between that and hit the lights for some reason, but that's besides the point. The point is, it was a a pay-per-view quality match on free TV and it made Damian Priest, you know, just bump up another level. Mm -hmm. And now you're worse. Uh, it's gonna have to be the the shoot between Charlotte and Nia mm. because uh, I don't know what caused 
them to have a spat at each other. Maybe it was just a move that went wrong, but it really damaged the overall quality of the match. And there was a bit where, I, I think I said it earlier, it was just a, a massive calamity of, you know, trying to put stuff, something together and it, it looked really sloppy and it was below par for both of them. Even for someone like Nia Jax, who, as I said, I said previously, she's not the safest of workers. No. Well, there we go. There's your best of the worst. Um, I'm going to start off with the worst so that we end on the best. Do it. So, my worst. Now, I've got to bring it back to a previous GOATS question where he asked uh, who do you think is the most underrated um, superstar in the women's division right now? Mm-hmm. And my thought was Naomi. So, you can imagine when I see Naomi and uh, coming on SmackDown. And I'm excited to see. I'm like, yes. And you hear the crowd. She gets a pop. And then Sonia Deville's like, oh, I wasn't expecting you. Nobody told me kind of thing. And it's just like, hello, it's Naomi. You shouldn't have to expect her. But um, I know it's, um, I know it'll be part of a program. But given WWE's booking, when you cheer for people and the way they treat them, i.e. Rusev Day, mm stuff like that and you have Shane McMahon saying noted and it wasn't noted <laughs> at all <laughs> so you just know you like you have that trauma and you know yeah this is not going to be go down well mm-hmm. so until I see it I, I mean I'll definitely love to see our champion again but <sighs> can I do a bit of fantasy booking real quick go for it easiest way to get her over with the crowd and put and a prominent spot at the same time mm-hmm. put her with a bloodline she is married to one of the Usos, Jimmy, I believe. That's actually a switch up. That'll be a big switch up because remember the Usos when they were all colorful and paints the the f- f- uh, friendly people, and when they did that promo on American Alpha from mm-hmm. the side, like like that was just fire. And this your gangster, like I can see Naomi doing that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're, hey, you've sold me on that. So I mean, I always love Naomi and the glow, and you know, I love my entrance. And for yep. me, that glow entrance is just amazing. Seeing her do her thing at WrestleMania 33, which you like slid all the way down that ramp that never ending <laughs> ramp that so Jeff Hardy that Jeff Hardy like, sorry Jeff Harvey almost fell off <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you just put some if you if they just put cooking oil on the whole ramp you could have slid the whole way slip and slide there we slip go. and slide yeah slip but that's the, that's the thing put Naomi with the bloodline and then the bloodline has a cause to bring in the women's championship and then they can hold all the gold bar maybe if they, maybe if Joseph Fatu comes up, he can go for the Intercontinental title. The prophecy of the bloodline. You've heard yep. your first. Greatest thing since Undisputed Era won all of NXT's gold. <laughs> now on to my best. And I think I mentioned it earlier on. I, I'm sorry, I was just bowled over by it, but it had to be just the start of Raw. I really loved. I really loved the start of Raw. It didn't really? make sense. It didn't make sense, right? But it was quite cool just having everyone coming out and doing their thing. But then Rhea Ripley just walking past them all, looking at them like you're nothing. And these are big people in the ring. I just, I just like that. 
Um, I, I have a lot of time and a lot of props for Rhea Ripley. I, I was I didn't really mm-hmm. know much of her in the Indies. I knew of her, but not too much. And just seeing her shine in WWE is just amazing. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've got to give it to Rhea Ripley on that one. That's you becoming a fan of her. Oh, I'm already always a been fan. a fan of her. Oh, I'm already a fan. Aye. Already, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm disappointed we didn't get to see her compete at NXT UK Glasgow. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But because yeah, she, she only came out and cut a promo over two nights, and that was it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Maybe she does like Glasgow after all. So, yeah. <laughs> and on that note. I think it's time to draw to a close on this week's ESSR Central. Next week, hopefully, we need to see if contracts are extended. Ross is back from his loan spell at Sam Roberts' podcast. Um, hopefully, he carries out his secret mission and testing if Sam Roberts' hair is real or if it's a wig. But we'll find out in due course. I have been Quacker and I've been joined by David Hockney. David, thank you very much for joining me this week. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, who knows? We'll maybe get to do this again some point next week if Ross is still out there on season long loan. We'll see and find out. Hey, fingers crossed. Maybe he, uh, Sam Roberts, will trigger the buyer clause of ninety nine pence. <laughs> there we go. I'm sure he can afford it. I sure he can. Sure he can. And just for the purpose of the tape, my buyer clause is twenty four pounds eighty. Thank you and goodbye. Hello, I am Jack Graham. I am Scott McLeod. And I'm David Hockney. And you can catch us most in one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can tune in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of our Saturday Draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms. Sports Social Podcast Network.